What's up, everybody? Welcome to That Won't Preach. I'm Paul T. Johnson, and I'm excited about another episode today, Repent or Perish. This podcast is dedicated to proclaiming biblical truth at all costs. Today, we're going to be talking about repentance. Before we get there, please like this podcast, write a review, share it with your friends. Go ahead and rate it if you're able to on the platform you listen on. Thank you so much for all the support thus far. Visit paultjohnson.org and you can subscribe there as well. Here we go. Episode eight, repent or perish. Eight is my oldest son, David. It's his number. God gave it to him. He was born on eight, eight. He weighed eight pounds and he was born at 8 p.m. on the dot. So I'm welcoming my son, David, to the podcast as my special guest for an introduction here. David, what do you have to say, buddy? Welcome to that won't preach. My name is David. My dad is going to tell you about Jesus. Are you ready to listen? Yes, hopefully people are ready to listen. Thank you, David. I love you so much. You are such a good boy. Mommy and Daddy are so proud of you. Thank you. So I'm beginning here in Luke 13. I want to read from the New Living Translation here. This is a call to repentance. It says in verse 1 of Luke 13, About this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Jesus asked, Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Is that why they suffered? No, I tell you, for unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Salome fell and it killed them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? Verse 5, again, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. This episode is right from this text. Jesus is essentially saying, repent or perish. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Last week, we talked about making Jesus vomit by living a lukewarm lifestyle. The problem with the church at large today is that we love John 3.16, but we have rejected or ignored Revelation 3.16, which says, you are neither hot nor cold, and because you're neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I would guess that sermons on John 3.16 versus Revelation 3.16 are a thousand to one, but then we wonder why the church is so stagnant and apathetic and unprepared for challenges like COVID-19 and beyond where everybody just folded up shop and laid down and went home when God is looking to equip the body of Christ to be strong and courageous in this hour, but it comes by living a life that's not full of compromise or sin or shame. And God is calling us through the gospel quite literally to repent or perish. I want to tell you something. Repentance is the heartbeat of the gospel. A gospel without repentance is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
the good news of Jesus Christ centers around repentance from sin. You have some people who claim they're preaching Christ, but their message is about God accepting their sin or he doesn't really care. No, sin is seriously offensive in the sight of a holy God and he calls us to repent, to forsake our sin and turn from him. In essence, repentance is the Greek word metanoia and it means a change of mind. Now listen, this is about more than just changing your mind. In essence, it's speaking to changing your thinking because you have people who just try and change their behavior. Oh, I got to stop sinning. I got to stop doing this. I got to turn from this. But their thinking just remains the same. They don't really get to a true, full-hearted repentance that's full of godly sorrow and not just worldly sorrow. They're just sorry they got caught. No, we get to a place of repentance and brokenness before the Lord where we realize that we have broken his heart and shattered his laws and defeated famed him and we owe him a sincere apology, that's when real repentance takes place and we turn from our sin and we change our thinking because when you change your thinking, the behavior will cease. But if you just try and change your behavior and modify what you're doing and just try and do better, just try harder, repent, 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 you're going to find yourself stuck in a cycle of sin because your repentance is not sincere. So Jesus Christ calls us to repent or perish, and repentance is the heartbeat of the gospel. It is the engine in the car, if you will. The gospel message doesn't really go anywhere without repentance. Like a car without an engine is stuck. It might look nice and be shiny and have great features, but if there's no engine in the car, it's not going anywhere. That's what the message of repentance is to the gospel. If we're preaching the gospel, and we're not confronting people with the message of repentance, then we are misrepresenting Jesus Christ and his word. I want to break down and show you repentance in the scriptures, that it's actually everywhere, and that certain biblical figures were leading with the message of repentance. So let me go ahead and take you on a brief guided tour through the Bible to show you how integral and important the message of repentance is to the gospel. Let's start here in Matthew 3. John the Baptist is preaching. Verse 1 of Matthew 3 says, Now in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Isaiah was prophesying about John the Baptist crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. What was he preaching in the wilderness of Judea? The very first word in Matthew's gospel, chapter 3, verse 2, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist was preaching repentance to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus. Now just turn to Matthew 4 if you can or listen along. In Matthew 4 verse 12. 
It says, Now when he heard that John had been taken into custody, Jesus withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. And verse 17 says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's a matching message. Matthew 4, 17. Jesus began to preach. What did he say when he began to preach? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Again, his very first word. Mark 1, 14 and 15 is the same thing. Jesus, after John the Baptist is arrested, he calls out and says to the people, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So John the Baptist was preaching repentance, preparing the way for the Lord Jesus, and then Jesus arrives on the scene and begins preaching, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, just as the Father promised to do, Peter stands up and preaches to the crowds, and guess what he preached? Let's look at Acts 2, verse 37. It says, Now when the crowd heard this, they were pierced to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Acts 2, 38, Repent, and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. He's preaching to the crowd, first word, repent. Let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Now in verse 37, this is a powerful point. The crowd looks at Peter and they say to them, the rest of the apostles and Peter, what do we have to do to be saved? That's in essence what they're crying out. What should we do? How do we respond to this message? Tell us what we need to do in order to be saved. The reverse has happened now in the church where the church, those who are saved, have gone out to the world and said, what do we have to do to get you saved? Rather than unbelievers asking believers, what do I have to do to be saved? And we confront them with the message of repentance. No, we've hidden that and we've tried to soften and water down the gospel. Some people have deleted repentance entirely from their vocabulary and it's all about love and mercy and grace, but there's no truth and righteousness and repentance in it. And so they're calling out, what do we have to do to be saved? But we've gone out into the world and said, no, what do we have to do to get you saved? And that's a recipe for disaster. That is a recipe to water things down, to soften things up, to avoid difficult and hard passages and challenging truths so that we can make it as easy as possible for people to accept Jesus to the point where Jesus isn't Jesus and the gospel isn't the gospel because again, a gospel without repentance is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Peter on the day of Pentecost preaches to the crowds and says, repent. And then in Acts chapter three, his second sermon after 
he and John pray for the lame beggar and the lame beggar's healed. In Acts 3.19, Peter's going to preach again and he says, Repent, therefore, and return that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So he preaches the first time and tells them to repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now he's going to preach to them again after a powerful healing has taken place. And he says, repent and return that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, if you're a believer, who doesn't want times of refreshing in God's presence? But what we often forget is that what precedes refreshing in his presence is repentance. Repentance brings about the refreshing presence of God. Repentance is a gift that we should ask God for. Father, put repentance in my heart so that I can turn from these things, so that I can embrace you with a full heart, so that I can leave behind lukewarm living and lukewarm giving and lukewarm serving, so that I can fully surrender to you. So we have John the Baptist is preaching repentance to prepare the way for Jesus in Matthew. Matthew 3, then in Matthew 4, Jesus is preaching repentance, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then in Acts 2 and Acts 3, Peter preaches twice and rolls out with repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Return that your sins may be wiped away. And then Luke records in Acts 26 that Paul is on trial before King Agrippa. And in verse 20, listen to how Paul the Apostle describes his ministry. He tells King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision, but I kept on declaring both to those of Damascus first and also at Jerusalem and then throughout all the region of Judea, even to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance, or the NIV says, proving their repentance by their deeds. What did Paul preach in Damascus first, and then Jerusalem, and then throughout all the regions of Judea, even to the Gentiles? What was Paul preaching? How did he summarize his gospel message? Repent, turn to God. And prove your repentance by your deeds. Repentance is so much more than sorry God or sorry Lord, I did it again. Repentance is, Father, I'm sorry. I'm broken. I do not want to do this anymore. Help me to stop hurting your heart. I want to do the things that are pleasing to you. Would you remove this heart of stone in me and give me a heart of flesh like you promised, a heart that's moldable, that's tender, that's pliable, that's teachable, so that I could truly embrace a lifestyle of repentance and turn to you and do the things that are pleasing to you. God wants to give you and I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, a new heart and a new mind. This is what it means to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things pass away. Behold, new has come. You will have new desires and new intentions and and renewed motives and pure motives because you've repented of your sins, you've turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and believed in him. The message of the gospel is simple. Repent or perish. 
These men, John the Baptist, Jesus, Peter twice, and Paul, they were all preaching repentance. They didn't just mention it in passing. There wasn't a, oh, with every head bowed and eyes closed moment. Listen, that's what the church has come up with in order to make people the most comfortable as possible. But all the people I've seen break through in their life, get free from addiction, get delivered from real bondage in sin, They did not care who saw, who knew, who thought what. They didn't need people to bow their heads and to close their eyes and now we're going to repent in secret or we're going to get saved in secret. No, there was a sincere, genuine brokenness where it's like, I don't care who knows or who thinks what. I'm coming home to Jesus. I'm repenting of my sins. I want to be right with God and I don't care what anybody thinks because I am most concerned with what God thinks. This is what it looks like to repent and turn my heart in preaching this and sharing this message that won't preach in today's lukewarm culture is because repentance is the heartbeat of the gospel and he desires, God desires that none would perish, but that all would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you are listening to this and you are far away from the Lord or you are struggling in addiction and sin, I urge you to repent, to call on God. You are not too far gone. You are not so far out there that God can't help you. The arm of the Lord is not too short to save. He is with you. He loves you. Repent and turn to God, cry out to him from a sincere place and ask him to help you lest you perish. For God so loved the world he gave his son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but that we would have everlasting eternal life in Jesus. Let's get right with God and repent and experience times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Thank you so much for listening. I pray this podcast episode has blessed you repent or perish. David, do you have anything else to say today? Have a great day.